Ransomed Sons Productions and the Prayer Furnace on the Mountain presents the Furnace Sessions. Welcome, this is Gail Marie with Daughters of Desperation coming to you live from the Prayer Furnace on the Mountain. Join me for the Furnace Sessions. We are talking about the breakaway moment and the power of the Holy Spirit. In our previous podcast called Fierce Majesty and Strong Father, I gave the story or testimony of the God who declared through a dramatic, powerful intervention in my life at age 25 that I would live and not die and declare the works or the miracles of the Lord. Whew. As in Psalm 118, Psalm 118, verses 14 through 17 read, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand had done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand of deliverance has done mighty things. And in verse 17, I will live, I will not die, but live and will proclaim what he has done. Psalm 118. And that was our previous podcast, was the great, wonderful restoration that occurred, the rescue and restoration. It was, I was alone, I was 25, and he came in in a dramatic rescue and restoration, but he just didn't leave me there. He didn't just leave me there to have a secret, amazing experience with God, but he was calling me also into his kingdom. And he wanted me to meet kingdom people and believers in this great Jesus. He needed to go about this in a certain way, God did, because remember, I had no previous experience with churches, with denominations, with believers. I, the Bible, I had never been witnessed to. I, I was, I was not somebody that that you know. So. I just thank God that he delivered me from dope and destruction and death. And then God wanted me at age 25 years old to begin to use this brain that he had restored. He wanted me to understand him. He wanted me to know him. He wanted me to understand Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He wanted me to use now my cognitive skills. That's what we call them, cognitive skills of using our brain. Cognitive skills are the essential qualities of your brain 
it, to utilize, to remember information, to think and listen, learn, to reach, to, to read, to understand, to justify, to question, to pay close attention, to, to reason through something. It is our cognition. He, he, he wanted me to now enter into this, this relationship with God in a, in a willing, cognitive manner. In, in not, not just some kind of like star-struck, you know, I'm amazed and, and go back into the world and back into my life, but just doing a bit better. He, he, cognition is grasping, retaining, using that information. It's everything we are in the mental process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through the thought experiences and the senses. He wasn't just going to leave me in the emotion of that I had a heavenly experience that saved my life. He wanted me to come from the emotion into the into the understanding into the willful decision where I'm using my brain, I'm making a willful decision to break away from one thing and enter another thing. And I just give praise to my God most high from this prayer furnace on the mountain where no other thing happens but the bended knee and the bowed heart. I give praise to my God that 35, 40 years of, of just uh, testing this, this, this deliverance, you know, testing that I am, I am truly, truly set free. I just give him praise. And so he just didn't leave me there. But how do you get someone at age 25 that's never walked over the threshold of a church, never been in a Jesus gathering, never opened a Bible, doesn't know anything but this amazing intervention of God that saved her life? Well, it just so happens that God has believers. It just so happens that he has praying people. And praying people to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they hear in their hearts. And there was a woman of God, and she was a praying woman of God. And it just so happened that out of her, her ten children, she had a lost sheep. And it just so happened that that one lost sheep of her older son happened to be a previous drug dealer of mine at age 25. And it just so happened that, that she had actually come across me in previous times in a brief acquaintance and, and gave testimony later that all she remembered was some kind of like shell-shocked, lost, confused young woman that was incoherent, that, that didn't know what she was doing, and, and that was filled with darkness. But on this particular day, weeks and weeks and weeks after this great intervention by God Almighty in my life, in her personal prayer time, it she, she suddenly remembered me. And the Lord said these words to her that he, he, she has met me now. And I want you to get her to this particular meeting of the believers. And so she had this assignment, see? And so she, she had to, you know, figure out how to do this because she didn't really know, you know, who, where I was or who I was or, you know, I wasn't in her world and, and she wasn't in my world. And so, but she did have this lost son she'd been praying for for gobs of years. And so she called upon him. Would he, would he get this person 
would he get this friend of his to this meeting? And there was a great gathering of believers. And I didn't know that, that, that this was the time in history in the early 1980s that was coming from the wave of the 1970s. I did not know that I was in a moment of history of God pouring out his power and his Holy Spirit. I didn't know that there was a renewal. I didn't know that there was a revival. I didn't know that believers were being baptized in the Holy Ghost with fire. I did not know these things that all the denominations were going from dryness in the Lord and religion back to their first love of Jesus Christ. I did not know this. But it was within these gatherings that were gathering to worship their Lord and to, to, to praise God, different denominations that had really never met before. You know, we're all gathering. Well, it was one of these gatherings where she talked this guy into bringing me to this meeting. And I remember sitting in back, and I had never been in a meeting like that in my life. I didn't even know what they were doing there. I didn't know what worship was. I didn't know what praise was. It wasn't really church, church, as you know, with the liturgy or the or or or, or the or, or the you know the the, the way of th this was a gathering. This was a gathering of people that were just falling in love with Jesus, and there was the longest aisle. And I was in the way back, how people do when they're, you know, in, a, in just kind of an uncomfortable environment. And I was literally brought into the place by this previous, by this son of hers, this, this, my previous drug dealer. And I remember sitting with him. And there was this longest aisle. It just, in my memory, I just feel like it was so very long. And I wasn't sure what they were doing up there. I wasn't sure what they were even calling forth up there. I'd had this tremendous encounter with God Almighty. <laughs> but I knew nothing about this Jesus. I knew nothing about this Holy Spirit. I'd, I'd, so there I am, and I begin to feel a pull. And I want to say to you from this prayer mountain, from this prayer furnace on the mountain today, that we have a, a deep respect. I have a deep respect for, for what Christians call the altar call. And whether they do it well or whether they not do it well, or I have a deep respect for the believers and the pastors that give altar calls after they have preached the word of God. I have a deep respect because I know what it feels like to sit in that place and to feel the breakaway moment, to feel the moment, this great drawing that comes down into the depth of your soul, into the depths of, of who you are, and you, you feel just an unction, you feel like a, like a wooing, like, you've, like you have got to do this now or never, that you've got to just walk down that aisle now or never, that you've got to answer the call of God now or never. And I felt this, this thing just come upon me in, in which it was just a drawing. And I remember just how anybody would do, you know, because this guy sitting next to me, you know, the, he kind of represented my past, if you will. He represented all of the, uh, all of the, the, the things of darkness. Not that he was that bad, but what I mean is, is that he kind of was, he, he was going to be the last person that I, that I would, you know, wave goodbye to of that life. And so I turned to him and I said, please help me. You know, that codependent thing, that needy thing, that addictive old behavior. You know, please help me down that aisle. I really feel like I need to go down there for some reason. 
And you know, her prayers must have been working on this lost sheep of his son over all those years. He was an older man, but he, 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 they must have been working because he got a look of fear on his face, the fear of God. And he said, no, 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 I'm not, no, that's not for me. He knew that that decision meant something. He knew that that decision made, was a breakaway moment of everything that he was involved in. But I had to, I, I remember just feeling just, you know, desperate and desperate people do desperate things. And I felt this desperation come over me that I had this moment that I had to answer. I had to walk down that aisle and this person was not willing to come with me, not willing to be my crutch, not willing to, 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 to help me. And I, I just remember turning with tears streaming down my face and saying, well, then I've got to do this. And he said, yes, you've got to do this. And I turned and I left and I've never really seen that person since and I walked down that aisle I remember going up on that stage and I remember all the lights and I remember the people I remember people praying over me and I don't even know what they were praying I didn't know what I was confessing I didn't know if they led me in a confession of Jesus I really didn't know what I was doing I just knew I had to be there I knew I had to make that decision and I'm here to tell you today that that decision of a yes to Jesus, it, it, it says in the, in the word of God, it says in the book of Matthew in the New Testament, confess me before men and I will confess you before the Father, Matthew 10, 32. Yes, our, our confession must be using our brains, our willful, our willful decision-making power. It must be uh, ourselves saying yes. It must not be somebody else saying this is a good idea for you. And so there I was, and I, you know, I might not have been knowing what was going on or had any kind of prior blueprint to even put it to. I didn't know anything. I just know that I had made a huge decision to break away. My breakaway moment, I'd made a huge decision to break away from the past, from the darkness, and enter into his marvelous light. And it was just, it was just how he wanted me to go about it. And so I just was up there and, and so then they, they kind of herded me to another room. And, I, you know, I was just kind of like, well, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. Yes, you're supposed to go with that group over there, over there to that auditorium over there. And you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. Well, little did I know that this particular group, they were studying the scriptures on the power of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know. I didn't know this Holy Spirit. I did not know. I was, I was uh, the epitome of Acts 19.2. In Acts 19.2, Paul is, is the, the disciple, uh, the apostle Paul is, is out, uh, you know, ministering there. And, and he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, when people were questioning him? And they answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Well, that's kind of how I was in Acts 19. I was just turned into this room and... And they were saying, you know, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? We're studying the Holy Spirit. We're looking into the scriptures on the Holy Spirit, on the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I remember responding in somewhat of the same way. No, I've not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. 
And so I just give praise to God. I give praise to God. But my my brain was functioning. And so, again, I was in that same kind of situation where I had no blueprint to go by. I had no, um, I had no nothing to go by. So I thought, well, this must be the next thing. This must be the next thing, that great God of mine that, that restored me from the bathroom floor of all the blood and all of the, the you know, expiring into death. Well, this must be be the next thing that he wants me to have. And it just made sense to me. And so I give praise to God today that in Luke 3.16, I remember looking at this Luke 3.16. I don't know, you know, a whole lot of people that 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 the first, you know, scripture is 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 just an in-depth study of the power of the Holy Ghost. But that's kind of where I was at, you know, and so I began to to study this. I didn't even know that I was going to be asked to come back to class. You know, the the next the next uh, week. I I didn't know. I just said, well, this is what we do, and I give praise to God. So in Luke three sixteen, it says that. Um, it, this is about John the Baptist, you know, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the, the one that was announcing, prepare ye the way for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so, you know, here we are with John the Baptist and, and the people were waiting and, 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 and they were all wondering. They were, they were uh, expectantly wondering. They were waiting and they were all wondering in their hearts, if John the Baptist might possibly be this great Messiah that had been heralded. But John answered them all. And he said, I baptize you with water. But one who is coming, one more powerful than I, will come in the, the straps of his sandals. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Oh, what a moment. What a moment. Well, I kind of felt like that, those people that were expectantly waiting. I remember the scriptures, you know, they handed me scripture cards and they handed me a Bible. They, you know, they had extra Bibles and they said, well, we're studying this and we're preparing. We're preparing for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Have you heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I responded, no, I've never heard there's a Holy Spirit. And they said, and I can remember these words, that it's a gift of the Father. It's a gift. It's it's a deposit, a guarantee of Jesus. And this and this this thing, this gift thing, just really I remember it just kind of entered into my brain. And I just kind of was a pretty simplistic here. I hadn't been taught, you know, anything. And so I said, Well, this great God of mine, this this God that I met, he he must want me to have this gift. And I trusted him with my life. He he saved my life. He brought me from death to life. And so I trusted him. And these people were telling me this was a gift from the Father. And so I just said, well, then I need that gift. I need that gift because I trust that the Father wants me to have that gift for his purpose. And so we have in, in, uh, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 5, a description 
that this is surely, it says in my Bible, in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians 5, 5, it says, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Holy Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And so I began to realize that that God was pouring out his Holy Spirit. And so I barely knew this Jesus. I, I, you know, and so I went through these classes. I remember getting a ride back to this class. I'd never done that before in my life. And they, they walked me through all of these scriptures. And I thank God to this day that God wanted me to use my cognitive ability. He wanted me to use my restored brain. He wanted me to make a willful decision. He wanted me to read the scriptures about the Holy Spirit. He wanted me to, to be truly uh, baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire in an understanding way. And I understand now, you know, all these years later that, that some people, some believers, they, they get it all in one package, you know. They understand the salvation and the Spirit and the deposit and all of this. And they, they you know, I've met people that... so. You know, but this is my testimony, that my testimony is God wanted me to have this in a certain way. And so I just give him praise and I give him thanks that, you know, in, in Ephesians 1.13 woo, of the uh, New Testament in the Bible, it says, it says right here that, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit and guarantee, guaranteeing our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of the glory of God. And so I just give him thanks and praise today that in my breakaway moment of walking down to that place in which I had no idea that I was entering into a time of history when believers were being revived all over the place, all over the nation, that I had no idea. I had no idea that believers were thirsty and hungry and they were wanting to know. It wasn't enough just to sit in church. It wasn't enough to do this or that. They wanted to be authentically filled with the Spirit of the living God. They wanted to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. They wanted to be so in love with Jesus. He said He wouldn't leave us as orphans. He said He wouldn't leave us without comfort. He would leave us His Holy Spirit to bring to our remembrance everything that the Father has spoken. 
So as we are on this uh, prayer, in this prayer furnace on the mountain, that's our prayer today. That God's not going to just leave you, you know, amazed and and struck with a with a, a mighty intervention of his of his deliverance and restoration. But he's also going to woo you and bring you down that breakaway moment. He's going to confess you. Jesus is going to confess you before the Father as you confess him before men. And so from this prayer furnace on the mountain, we are praying for the people that are, that, that are at their breakaway moment. The ones that they're going to walk down that aisle by themselves. One day we'll present ourselves before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the great judge of the earth, by ourselves. And so we pray for the breakaway moment. We, we pray right now for the people that are, that are being wooed, being drawn. Jesus is the one that reveals the Father. It'd be like in that, in that miracle time on the bathroom floor when my life blood was pouring out. It'd be like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit standing there and declaring the great words of Psalm 118. The Lord is my strength and my defense, and he has become my salvation. <laughs> I will live and not die and proclaim what the Lord has done. Lord, give us strength. Give us strength to break away from one world into your kingdom. Give us strength, Lord. You said that your power is made perfect in weakness. Give us the grace and the strength of your mighty right hand to uphold us, to walk us up to that place of confession of Jesus, of Jesus, the only one who can wash away our sins. This is Gail Marie, the Daughters of Desperation, Coming to you live from the prayer furnace on the mountain. We have looked at the second part of my testimony. The testimony of the breakaway moment. And God bringing me directly into an understanding of the Holy Spirit and a desire to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Shoo, our God is a consuming fire. We have looked at Luke 3.16, Acts 19.2, 2 Corinthians 5.5, 5, Ephesians 1.13. We've looked at Psalm 118, verse 14 through 17. We've discussed our cognitive ability. And we just love you and love the Lord. We love, we just love the Lord because he first loved us. Amen. Amen.